Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 381. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. How are you doing today, bud? I, I'm, I'm not bad. I, I think that I should almost be considered the co-host, and every now and then John will be the guest. I know. If he doesn't come back soon, we'll have to. Um, I, I think he's pretty close to coming back, though. So I saw him actually post on Facebook the other day, which is huge. Well, that's a start. There's a start. <laughs> Not quite using his voice, but he's getting there. Well, I look forward to pestering him again soon. It's been too long, so. Oh, likewise. This is not right. Um, anyway, I hope you're managing in all this COVID goodness. Oh, it's super good times. You know, we're making the most of it, and uh, certainly it sucks, but, you know, trying to find the silver linings where we can and, uh, yeah. you know, enjoy life. At least we're on an island, and we're doing pretty good, so I'm feeling pretty good about it opening up at some point. You know the statistics. As long as you keep everyone off it. <laughs> yeah, the statistics for Vancouver Island are, you know, really good. Yeah. You know, we're not in a bad spot here, so you know, I I feel very fortunate for that. I hope uh, our listeners are equally f- feeling that they're in a good spot, and if they're not, and they're in some of the hotbeds, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, and I I do hope, oh, I hope that uh, everyone is gonna, is going to follow the best guidelines and and things get better. Because uh, if they don't, they certainly won't. So, well, with that said, um, let's jump into some news and get our mind off this stuff. So, uh, the first one is something you know we were discussed as being a little bit off topic, but it was interesting enough that you you wanted to add it, and I, I agree. So, why don't you fire away? Yeah. So, Google uh, recently announced their removal of bad ads for 2019, and I guess they do this every year. They have their statistics for bad ads and Google Ads, and I've never seen these stats before, so I don't know where I've been. But um, it's actually an award ceremony. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little trophy. Yeah, um, you're gone. <laughs> I know. And, and normally, normally I don't talk about, you know, we don't, it's not like pay-per-click 101. It's SEO 101. But there is some bits of relevance here, especially these days when you consider so many people are, are switching or adding a bit of their focus from SEO over to pay-per-click to try to recover some of the COVID losses and things like that. So anyways, so Google... This was quite interesting to me. In 2019, they removed 2.7 billion bad ads and nearly 1 million accounts, offending accounts. And that kind of blew me away, just the sheer volume of that. Um, (laughs) A million accounts. And I guess it makes sense, but that's a lot of accounts. Um, And I'm sure a lot of them belong to the same hackers and scammers and all that kind of stuff. Um, But that's also an increase in 300 billion ads compared to the previous year, 2018. Um, and even like, you know, and, and just to to uh, explain what a bad ad consists of, those are people with ads that are trying to scam people. They're trying to trick you. You click over to the page and maybe it refreshes you to some sort of malware or something bad, trying to, to skirt Google's rules. Uh, if they're price gouging, if they're phishing attempts, or if they're just violating any of the other terms. So I guess some of those ads would consist of you know, you just make an oops in your legitimate account. They, they block the ad and you tweak it and it comes back to life. But a lot of them are, are really much worse than that. Um, 
And then in 2020, of course, people have been taking even further advantage with Google Ads with, uh, with COVID-related stuff, um, making misleading claims and about cures and things like that, uh, capitalizing on global medical supply shortages, price gouging, um, and that sort of thing. And so far this year, Google's removed tens of millions of COVID-related ads. Uh, so it's good to see that they're on there, but it helps me see a little more clearly, you know, when you're, you're doing a search and you see an ad that clearly breaks the rules, how maybe it gets through the system. You know, when they're removing numbers in the billions, it only makes sense that a few are going are gonna to skip past that every now and then. Mm -hmm. It's probably all just one guy. Yeah, it's just Bob. <laughs> Bob Bob's your AdWords guy. <laughs> Bob the Black Hat. There you go. Yeah, he's, yeah, poor Bob. But he sure gets another million or two through and he's making lots of money. Oh, you mean the scammer is Bob. I thought you meant yeah. there's one guy at Google removing all the ads. No, 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 the all, scammer. All 2.7 all you know billion, Bob? just one guy. Oh, come on, there's only one Bob. <laughs> Maybe it's the same guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just like Matt Cutts when he used to um, manage the porn, he used to, to go through there and cut it all up. Maybe he was the guy who was making it too, who knows? <laughs> I'm not going, I'm not that. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, that's okay. I can be reasonably certain he's never listened to the show or only once. Okay, so <laughs> um, next up is a little, I guess I should say, it, it does say Google SEO 101, do's and don'ts of links and JavaScript on Search Engine Journal. I think it might be a little bit of SEO 201, um, simply because anyone who doesn't know, um, you know, what JavaScript does and how a link can be created in one, we'll find this quite complicated. That's why I'm not going to dig into it too much. Um, but it, there is, there's some truth to this, that JavaScript is difficult to index um, in terms of timelines. It will be indexed, but Google will look at it, will determine what it says, will follow the links. Um, however, there are do's and don'ts. So first of all, um, I'll go with a couple of the higher level ones. Um, this is Martin Split from uh, Google who put this together. He says, the most straight way to put a link on a site is to use an ahrev tag. Anyone who has done a link before has used an ahrev tag, they just didn't know it, uh, or they did. So let's say um, if you add JavaScript functionality, make sure that even though there is um, JavaScript that you used the full URL, the ahrev attribute um, as well. So it's in there so that if Google indexes this, it doesn't have to follow that um, and, and sort of determine where everything's going, whereas they can look at the href and, and, and see that it's a much faster way to be indexed. Um, I'm, I'm expecting they can do the on-click event, which is usually what's used, but at least with the href, they can go straight to, direct to the page. Um, don't use pseudo URL, URLs. So a pseudo URL would be um, just some sort of name like go to, uh, in this case, he's put stuff. Um, <laughs> don't do that. Um, make sure that you do, again, have that ahref in there and use, um, you know, a, a, just a, a clear path to creating this. Also, don't use buttons. Um, they're, you know, again, this is a button that triggers something using JavaScript. Uh, I have no doubt that all this stuff can be followed. However, these are the do's and don'ts of SEO. So you don't want to make it that difficult. Um, he says here on uh, rule of thumb is if a link triggers something to happen on the current page, it should probably be a button. On the other hand, if a link takes a user to another piece of content that wasn't on the page before, 
then it should be a standard link. Um, okay, after that he gets into click handlers using semantic HTML, fragment identifiers, stuff that are just 201 for sure. Um, but it, you know, if you do any, any JavaScript on your site, please do check this out. Uh, again, the article is Google SEO 101, do's and don'ts of links and JavaScript. And it's by Matt Southern on SC Journal. So actually I didn't have that right. It wasn't search engine roundtables, SC Journal. Okay, dokie. Um, next part up here is about uh, Google Meet. Uh, Google has made it free for all people. Um, so why don't you, uh, I know you posted this, I've got some comments as well, but why don't you jump on that, Scott? Yeah, I, th I think there are a couple of reasons I posted it. Obviously with the whole pandemic, everybody's meeting virtually through primarily Zoom, it sounds like, just what everyone's using Zoom. Um, and it, it gets me because Google seems to do this often. You know, they, they show up a little bit late to the ball game. You know, Zoom, the, the, the pandemic hit and Zoom just came out of nowhere. Like, I think we had been using it a bit, but we didn't even start using it all that long ago. Now everybody's using it. And Google should have, you know, they could have capitalized on this popularity, but they missed it. And so what they're doing now is Google Meet is now going to be, it still isn't even there yet. It will be free for everybody uh, rolling out beginning next month, which I guess is tomorrow. Um, or when you're listening to this, it's now. <laughs> and, um, anyways, uh, so they'll start rolling it out. And if you have a, an email, you can get a free, uh, you get free access to it. Um, you know, I don't know how many people are really going to take advantage of that because there's so many other things people have been using. Is anyone going to switch if they haven't? Uh, I don't know. But uh, previously, Google Meet, which was Google Hangouts Meet, was free for anybody with a uh, uh, Google Suites account. Um, and so now it's just becoming free for everybody. So that's... Oh, and Google Hangouts was always free too. Yeah, I, you know, I've never used Meet, so I don't know. I, I'm assuming Meet just has a, a higher level of functionality behind it. Yeah, um, me too. I honestly don't know the difference. Um, I have, we've used Google Meet uh, in-house uh, just recently, but most because someone got confused and thought that was Zoom. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But it does look the same <laughs> when you're in there. Yeah. Um, Zoom is doing well because it's simple, and I get that. Now, um, again, very important for anyone who's running a business. Um, you know, you're dealing with your SEO team. Uh, sometimes having these meetups um, visually is a good thing, and Zoom is optional. Um, but again, optional. It's not does not have end-to-end -end encryption. That shows that's shown by the way on pages as E2EE. -E. That's the acronym E2EE. -E. End-to-end um, -end encryption is important if you want to ensure that you can't be um, at least easily um, spied on, um, especially if you're doing anything confidential. Uh, there are other options. Um, yes, um, there's Google Meet, but that does not have end-to-end -end encryption. Um, MS Teams, I'm not sure if it does. Um, I, I think it might, and the reason, and I don't know well, this for a fact, but I think it might because I know, like, my wife's a teacher, and they're suggesting, uh, they're saying stay away from Zoom when you're meeting with students because of that. And I think it has to do with privacy laws in BC and Canada. They are worried about that. Hmm. Um, but, but they're telling people to use Teams. So, like, my daughter has to use Teams. Your kids are probably the same. Um, and so I'm guessing Teams is uh, more secure. Hmm. Yeah, my, my, my kids have used um, Google Hangouts, actually. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or Google Meet or whatever. So I think it was just a matter of getting it done. It was just so frustrating trying to use, they were trying to use Zoom actually through Victoria District. 
and they had to do it through their own system. Anyway, again, we're getting off topic, but um, th there are some other ones. Of course, there's join.me, GoToMeeting, um, and the ones that I know are E2EE, are wire.com, that's spelt as it sounds, wire.com, Jitsi, J-I-T-S-I, uh, I'm not sure if that's .com, but just type that in. I'm sure there's nothing else out there with that name. Uh, and that's end-to-end -end encryption. WhatsApp has also got end-to-end -end encryption. That's a really easy to one use. It's on most phones. So, um, and then if you want to just have chat, there's Signal. There's another uh, another few options there. Uh, there is an article um, on vice.com. The title is, What's the most, What is the most secure video conferencing, conferencing software? And it's got some really good tips in there. I actually used it to recommend some ideas to a therapist. Um, so anyway, it's, it's of some help. Anyway, good idea to put that in there. So let's jump into some Mueller files. All right, so uh, this is pretty funny. Uh, I'll let you do, post this. You posted this. Yeah, so uh, John was recently part of a little Reddit thread, and uh, I guess the, the topic of the thread was, quick, the moderators are all busy, post bad advice. And <laughs> I, I feel like the thread could have been a lot better. I think there were only about 16 comments or so. It didn't go very far, but, you know, there were a few good pointers in there. Um, but one thing that John, <laughs> you know, and I think you should, everybody should definitely do these things. <clears throat> um, the first, the first, well, the one that John actually commented on was something I was definitely guilty of back in the old GeoCities days, and that's using the marquee tag, um, especially in combination with the blink tag. Um, mm. Good old blinking and scrolling marquee text, awesome stuff there. Um, but I'm not sure, like I was thinking about this, I don't think in my time, which has been 17 years of doing this, I've ever remembered either of those tags have any SEO value behind them. <laughs> no. did, 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 you know, you've been around a few years longer than me. You, do you ever remember using them and actually having it work to help? No. No. Yeah, so there we go. But I mean, um, I don't remember. Good Lord. They, they certainly <laughs> weren't a, a, a good old tool in the toolkit. Um, if they had any impact at all, maybe, but I don't remember. Maybe they work now. And it's like, that's the black hat <laughs> thing that nobody wants us to know. Just make everything blink. Yeah, he says uh, the blink. Uh, this is John Mueller. He says, there's also Blink, which is a great way to add non-deterministic cloaking, aka Schrodinger's indexing to pages. It drives the web spam team crazy. <laughs> um, and he says, of course, that one is an Easter egg too. I don't know what he means by that, but um, anyway, yeah, some pretty funny stuff. I, I miss, I miss people are saying switch to Wix. Their SEO is really good. I just died yeah. when I saw that. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah, there's lots of things like, you know, putting uh, paragraphs in H1s and setting all your canonical tags to read google.com. But yeah, the, the one recommendation, switching to Wix, it's like priceless. Although I do have to apologize to Wix because they're not as bad as they used to be, but I, I'm not in the stage where I would recommend them just yet. New no. hell no. And their page <laughs> speed is god awful. Squarespace, at least it's got some SEO potential. It's been, we've actually managed to get it to rank. It's not so bad to work with, but also poor page speed. So not the best places to be. Um, but hands down, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, video audits for clients. Like what I do is I, I get on the phone with them and I, or on, the, on Zoom in this case, walk through their website with them and, and it's recorded and then they get a copy of that after. And it was uh, revealing most well, I would say half of them were on Wix. And uh, I ran GT metrics on them. I ran PageSpeed insights. And 
it never failed. They were all below 40% in terms of a rating out of 100 for page speed, um, sometimes much lower. Uh, but I never saw one above 40, 39%, I think was the, the sweet spot. Or no, 37% was the sweet spot. <laughs> so, and it's because Wix is JavaScript. It's 100% JavaScript. It will not run if you have JavaScript turned off on your browser. You'll see a blank page. So, classy. Okay. Um, next, Google advice on old content on news sites. Do you remove, no index, or leave it? I almost felt like I had to hold on to this so that uh, Johnny could jump in on this, John Carcutt, because uh, I know how much he loves this discussion. We talk about it every few years, if not maybe probably even a couple times a year, because it comes up often. Um, people have websites with content that is ancient sometimes, and they don't know what to do with it. I, we always bring up my example where uh, Stepforth had content from as far back as 2001, and... <sighs> It was awful. <laughs> okay, the content wasn't so bad, but it was really old. I mean, we had um, ancient stuff on there, and it wasn't in the same template because I'd done it all in, in hand HTML back then. Um, switching all that to our WordPress theme, it would just it would be too much work, and there was tons of broken links. It just didn't look good. So I actually chose to remove it. I kind of felt bad. I didn't want to see the history there go, but I did, and. Uh, he, dis he disagreed. He thinks that's not the best way to go. In this case, John Mueller, um, how did he put it? I'll go right to the uh, article. I think um, he said it depends, you know. A lot. Here. He yeah. said that it depended a lot. Um, it was a very long response. I believe it was in his Google Webmaster um, Hangouts. Anyway, um, he says, I don't think there's a simple answer that works for all sites. Some just end up removing old, unused content. Others try to improve it. And of course, there's all the middle ground too. Personally, I appreciate being able to find old things on the web, but that doesn't mean you have to keep everything. For example, you could just keep category pages indexed and no index the articles, perhaps based on yearly views or whatever metric you find is useful. That way, if someone wants to find an announcement of the PS1, they can still find it indirectly by looking for something in the title. Um, I'll unquote that and I didn't start it. Okay, uh, it's, anyway, um, it really is a choice. Even as Barry Schwartz said here, uh, this is on Search Engine Roundtable, by the way, um, he chose to keep all of his old content, which I, I admire. I mean, it's a lot of work to do that. Um, bigger companies go through and rejig that content. They'll go through it and they will rewrite it, spruce it up, whatever it might be, because they have a huge SEO team. And hell, I'd do that if I could, uh, but it's just not, just not possible for a small business. Anywho, um, something to keep in mind. It definitely makes a big difference on the situation too. Like um, I have a little hobby website that you know about anyways, but I recently, a few weeks ago, I was doing a bunch of work on it, just trying to clean up because it's been highly neglected. And I was going through some old blog posts and some of them went back to like 2005, 2006. And I really had to ask myself, does it make any sense to keep it? Will it be valuable to anybody? And some of the cases it was yes and I kept it. And in other cases it was like a flat out no, like no one's ever going to look for it. It's never going to have any value. It doesn't have any inbound links. It's not getting any traffic. And in some cases it was even thin. So it could be detrimental, you know, in part. So, you know, if you really have to look at each individual piece of content and assess, if there's any value there at all, and then decide uh, 
you know, keep it, refresh it, delete it, redirect it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are particular pieces of content we have that still <laughs> drive traffic that are really old. In fact, there's one about the demise of MySpace I wrote, I don't know how many years ago. I think it was one that was posted in the search marketing standard or written like in the print article there. But anyway, I had the digital copy and it's still, it's almost like it's a historical record <laughs> or something. Makes you want to keep it, you know? Oh, it totally am. Yeah, I, I, there's no question I'm going to keep that one. I kind of love looking at it and just, wow. Those so it's just a days. vanity. It's just for vanity purposes, but whatever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I've got to get my picture on there so I can just drool and yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, well, let's, uh, on that note, let's take a commercial break and we get back. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the findings from my video website reviews. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. LPO, landing page optimization, where we make marketers great using design, data, psychology, and attitude. Join our host, Brian Massey, best known as the conversion scientist, as he sits down with leading marketers to help you create campaigns that deliver. LPO, only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. All right, so 
I've been doing video website reviews for the interior decorating community, interior design community, I mean. Um, and uh, it's been a, a thing I've been doing for them. And, and it's been very interesting. As I mentioned earlier, the Wix thing was quite <laughs> intriguing. Um, in, in reviewing Squarespace sites, again, quite intriguing. Um, some of the downsides of using these third-party platforms, I didn't mean to jump into this yet, but it's an interesting aspect. I found that a lot of the reasons for the page speed issues were they didn't appear. Again, I didn't dig into the systems, but the client certainly didn't know about them. Um, had to have any way to upload different versions of the same image. So let's say you wanted one that was meant for mobile. You wanted one that was for thumbnail and you wanted another one that was going to be the full res version and maybe even the fourth, which is just the desktop version. Um, there are compelling reasons to do that when you're designing a site uh, because the automated systems within these tools for re um, optimizing the image at different resolutions and sizes is not that great. I mean, it's okay, but it's not great. Uh, and by doing it manually, have, or at least having a, a graphic artist do it manually, they can create a much better product that is way more optimized for search and downloads. And mainly what it is is downloads. Um, that page speed is important. Uh, so that was one thing that comes to mind. Uh, another was the classic issue with any very graphical website uh, or graphic-based business. Um, I think of art galleries, um, just artists, photographers, um, interior designers, they all feel and understandably that their websites need to be extremely graphical and they're not so much about words. Well, that's pretty and all, but Google doesn't have much they can do with that. They need words. They need some explanation of what they're seeing um, when they index the page it makes a massive difference in terms of how well a page ranks. Um, and in many cases, people haven't even done title tags. Uh, the title tag is very important for search rankings. And that between the content and that, um, you need to do those very two very basic things. There's SEO 101 and <laughs> that's very 101. You have to have content that can be read and just doing imagery won't do it for you. Um, also having one really long page with all your images, let's say your portfolio, and be it whatever market you're in, again, galleries, whatever. You don't want just to have one page that has your work. You want to break it down. If your work can be categorized, um, if you're a photographer, you can do categorized. Well, there's some clear ones there, weddings, landscapes, um, uh, personal portraiture, um, have them broken down instead of just sections on a page. Because then it, it, when you have them on an individual pages, those pages can rank for those individual terms and do much better in terms of, of visibility and search. Uh, it also poses a much clearer picture for anyone who visits the page and you can convert them a lot easier to uh, potentially to business. Um, other issues were around, um, I guess most of them are around image sizes, text, Videos weren't too common. I was surprised. I really, I really thought that more people were going to be doing video these days. I really think it's compelling. It's a great way to show who you are, stand out from everyone else. Um, a lot of people don't like to do video, and that's why it's a good thing to do. Because if you can do it and do a decent job of it, and you don't even have to be great at it. If you hire someone that can help you through it, you can look great at it. Um, and present who you are. You'll stand out because 
again, people don't like to do it, but it shows who you are and gives a, them a person to feel connected to, which I, I, st I still believe makes a, a significant difference in terms of sales. Um, you, if you go to a site where you feel connected to someone versus one you don't, you could probably even see a small price increase in the one that with the person that you're connected to and you'll still go for that. Uh, it, it is uh, a, a real differentiator. So those are just a couple things. Um, if anything comes to mind, I'll probably bring it up in the next episode. I have a few more of these reviews to do. Anyone needs any uh, video website reviews, let me know. Um, just ross at stepforth.com and I'll promise to give you a good rate. I'm trying to help everyone out as much as I can right now with this bleeding pandemic. Anyway, uh, let's get to a question here. We have one from Vinayak. I hope I'm not butchering that name. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll call you Vin. Vin says, hi guys, I'm getting started with SEO. So this might be a noob question. What's the correct way to handle a 404 page? Should it be allowed to be indexed or should we make it non-indexable? All right, good question, Vin. Um, so 404 pages, for those who don't know, that's the page that appears when you've gone to a URL or address that is no longer exists or never did. Um, you're given this default page that says, sorry, this is an error, you're in the wrong place. Uh, should it be allowed to be indexed? Yes, you don't want Google not seeing a 404 page. It's important. Um, people used to redirect them to the home page, which is a big, big, big boo-boo. Don't want to do that. Um, you also want to ensure that, um, if possible, you've got a custom one. One that says, no, I'm sorry, this is not here. This may be of interest to you, or here's some of the top pages people like to go to. Um, perhaps even a support form. Please let us know about this page and we'll be sure to handle, uh, review it. Um, what are the thoughts do you have there, Scott? Yeah, I, I guess it comes back to the John answer of it depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, definitely in some cases, if a page is being removed, I want it to be, I want it to be a 404 error. Um, if you, for example, if you have nowhere to redirect it to that's relevant, um, if it has no real residual value, maybe you're deleting like an old article page like we just talked about from 2006 that really is a thin page with no value, uh, it's almost better to have it as a 404. Um, uh, if you're removing pages that have inbound links pointing to them or have a lot of traffic, well, if they have a lot of traffic, you probably shouldn't be removing it, but if you have to, it should be redirected. Um, if they have inbound links, they should be redirected. Uh, so I guess it really depends on the situation for the specific page. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, if you can redirect it, that's key. I kind of was being literal about his question, uh, whether or not a 404 page should be indexed. Oh, um, I kind of misread the question. Um, but yeah, of course, you don't want a 404. <laughs> 404s are not a good thing for a site. You want to ensure that they go to the proper page. If it's being moved, you move, you provide a redirect so those people go to that page. Um, but if you have a 404, um, it's should be there. It should be something that people can see. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever, ever seen a situation where the 404 page is blocked. Not, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen them redirected, that's all, and to the wrong places. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't block it because, yeah, like you said, Google needs, but I guess Google would still see the header, the 404 header status, even if the, the destination URL for the 404 page was blocked. Yeah, well, really, what's blocked to Google, <laughs> it still sees it yeah, <laughs> if it wants yeah. to. Um, if they see enough of a problem on a site and they don't see any 404s, but they keep getting indexed or sent back to the same page, they're going to know something's up. Um, uh, they can even, I, I bet you they even have some test URLs that 
they know no one could possibly have on a page uh, and they want to see how that reacts. Why not? I would. On that same note, like he says, should it be non-indexable? It, it, I've never seen a 404 page index either. Yeah, that's a good point too. <laughs> It'll be yeah. a two, you, the four. Yeah. So no. Well, <laughs> haven't we seen a not found in the URLs? In, 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 I have when I've done a site search. I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe. It's super uncommon, obviously, because if it was a common thing, it. We or it's so common we can't remember. <laughs> I guess we don't just, we just gloss over it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I've been doing this too long. But anyway, Vin, I really didn't expect this question to get so much talk. It's, it's an interesting <laughs> question, I guess, because one of those things we don't think about a lot. But yes, uh, when it comes right down to it, a 404 page is not a horrible thing. There's no reason to have it not visible if there's a justification for it to be there. Obviously, redirect if you can. I hope that helps and, and that uh, SEO 101 helps you on that path to learning about SEO. Always an honor to help out. And, and uh, I know we're kind of doing these every two weeks instead of every one week temporarily, but uh, uh, there's lots of archives to, for you to listen to. And uh, you'll get to, to hear Johnny, which uh, is always a, well, not always, but sometimes a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not touching that one either. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to still be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can get away with it now. Yeah. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thanks for joining us today. Remember, we have show notes, a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. Don't miss a single link and refresh your memory of past shows at any time. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. If you enjoyed the show, we also appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.net. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.